A week ago, Dr. Peter indicated that each Friday this quarter, the chapel speaker would be sharing insights on the various petitions of the Lord's Prayer. In his introduction, he stressed that prayer is a matter of faith. He quoted Luther, who says, In teaching us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, God tenderly invites us to believe that, yes, believe that he is our true Father, and we are his true children. What a gift that faith is. But just as faith is a gift of God, so also is prayer. And Jesus is a perfect model for us when it comes to prayer. You, in fact, cannot read the New Testament Gospels without noting that Jesus is often on his knees in prayer, whether he was in a lonely place apart from everyone else or in Gethsemane or on the cross. Jesus was a man of prayer. It's not strange, then, that the Gospel writer Luke reports that Jesus' disciples came up to him and asked him to teach them how to pray. By the way, it was a very common custom for a rabbi to give a special prayer to his disciples so that they, too, could voice their hearts to God. No wonder Jesus wanted Jesus' disciples wanted a special prayer from him, their rabbi. But Jesus wanted to do more than just give them a prayer. Jesus obviously wanted them to see that prayer is a relationship thing, a human touch point between God and themselves. He wanted them to understand, as well as us, that prayer, like our worship here this morning, is not something that we do, but something that God makes happen in us. Prayer begins with God, just as our worship does. Prayer signals the relationship we have with God. The words we pray are simply our half of a conversation already begun by God as he speaks to us in his word. They demonstrate that the God who gave us new life in baptism is very much alive in us now. It's with this stance toward prayer, toward the God who gave us faith and keeps us in the faith, that we can even begin to understand what Jesus is saying when he teaches us to pray, Our Father, hallowed be your name. So how is God's name made holy? To answer that question to our lives, then you might imagine, And if you like your name, say it out loud right now. Not too many of you like your names. Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) Let's try it again. Say it several times if you like it. If you like your name, say it now. Okay. The noise obviously drowned out the individual names that you were calling out. However, if we were to take the time to go around this chapel this morning and have each of you one by one call out your name, I'm sure that you would discover some very interesting names as well as some that are very common and ordinary. That would also have shortened what I would have to say this morning because that would take up the entire time for this message. The more I thought about it, the more I thought it was a good idea. And why? As I said before, names are important. 
Your names are important. They give you all identity unless your first names are all Mike. I sat with four Mikes at lunch the other day. And while they may have been confused a bit as to which Mike I was talking to, they all four seemed like Mikes. You do realize that Mikes act differently than Paul's or Dale's or Jessica's. Yes, I did say Jessica. That should throw a curve at those of you who only think male in this male-dominated institution. But that's not the point of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like it or not, you are your name. In fact, it's often been said that people grow into their names. There's no question that my youngest son is a Mark, my oldest daughter a Susie, my father a Frederick with the accent on the ick. Dale Meyer, the esteemed president of this seminary, is a Dale. He wouldn't be the same with any other name, nor would Norman Nagel. Look around at your friends and your family members if you don't believe what I'm saying. A name is more than just a tag or a label. It's an identity. Because that's true, I worry about my seven-month-old grandson, whose name is Elijah, as well as the grandson to be born this month, whose name will be Jacob. Think of what they have to live up to. Their name, that names are important, has also been very obvious to me in these first days as campus chaplain. More than once I've been asked, what should we call you? Chaplain? Pastor? Chaplain Stein? Chaplain John? John? My answers were probably confusing because I said yes to all of those questions at one time or another. Does that mean I don't know who I am? Not really. But I will admit that I find that changing task can change a person's view of who, or who he or she is at times. That's not true of God. His name and his identity never changes. So when we pray, hallowed be thy name, are we not asking God to show us exactly who he is? Are we not asking him to live up to his name, to be what he is, loving and merciful and just? Are we not asking him to help us live up to those, uh, the, the name of being his baptized children? For in baptism did he not give us his identity, his name, along with the names that our parents gave us? After all, were we not baptized in his name, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? But we were not just baptized in his name. We were made holy by that name. The Apostle Paul says it this way, You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Yes, God has placed his holy name on us. And when we get our identity from him, we are different than when we try to base our identity on what we can achieve on the, in this life or what other people think of us. Yes, when we get our identity from him, we are different than when we try to base our identity on what we can achieve in this life or on what other people think of us. In other words, we make God's name holy, not by trying to make a name for ourselves, but by allowing him to work in us. So when we pray, Our Father, hallowed be your name, what we're saying is that God, we want God to be one with us. 
a sense, you could compare this to a log in a fireplace. When it absorbs fire into its very being, its wood composition changes into heat and light. It thus becomes more than itself. It beca- it's transformed into the fullness of life. In the same manner, when we pray to God, Father, hallowed be your name, we are asking God to transform us into fullness of life. Yes, to help us become more than ourselves as we let the crucified and risen Christ truly live in us. God's mercy, God's love, as seen in the cross and the resurrection, not only defines who God is, that faithful love defines who we are. It makes us his people. It makes his name ours. That's why each day we can live with lives of gratitude and faithfulness and with Luther can say, God's name certainly is holy in itself, but we pray that it will become holy among us also. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.